You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the Wall Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. What's up, War Report family? We are back with another great edition of the Auburn Express podcast powered by the War Report. Joining me as always is my guy Auburn Means and my girl Brandy Mack. Guys, let's jump straight into it. Alan Flanagan has entered the portal. I was scratching my head a little bit at this one. Brandy, before we got the podcast started, we talked about this a little. Um, is this a good move for Flanagan if to not go pro, but maybe to go to another school? He was guaranteed a role here. You know, why would he transfer at this point? Yeah, you know, obviously his dad left and went to Ole Miss. So a lot of people think that if he does transfer and doesn't go pro, that he'll end up at Ole Miss. So honestly, you know, Mike, I know you said this kind of took you off guard. I did not take me off guard. I kind of thought that Flanagan was either going to go pro or transfer. And to be clear, he still can go pro. One of the reasons why you haven't seen him declare that is because of the amount of times he's already declared that. So if he were to declare that this year, he would essentially forfeit his college eligibility. So I personally, out of the two options, think that going pro might be the best thing for him. Um, I think he has the athleticism to potentially get on a two-way contract eventually. But, you know, I'm not sure if this is necessarily the best thing or not for him, because if he does end up transferring to Ole Miss, they got a transfer in Brandon Murray in his same position that I would assume would start over him. But I'm not sure his relationship with his dad, and if he is very close with his dad, then being able to still play under him for his last year of college eligibility might be important to him uh, maybe off the court. Um, I'm not really sure. Um, but from an on-the-court perspective, yes, he definitely would have had a starting and influential role at Auburn. So you definitely have to question that aspect of it. Right. Um, from a team chemistry standpoint, though, it kind of seems like maybe he wasn't necessarily vibing with other players on the team, potentially. That was kind of some low talk around town. But also... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, like he might have just gotten tired of Auburn. Like he's been here for a really long time. Like, oh, wow. well, I mean, so have a lot of other people at, at other schools, even just outside of Auburn, these guys that have that extra COVID year now, like you've been in college for a long time, four years and about to go in your fifth year. And from somebody who was a former college student, when you're going to the same place every single day and seeing the same people, you kind of want to see some change in your life. So um, not saying it's anything against Auburn or anything like that, but you kind of just wonder, was he fatigued with where he was at in life too? So yeah, life decisions always play into it. I mean, jump in here, man. Like, you know, how big a hole does this leave for Auburn? I mean, you know, at the, at the, uh, two and three, you lose Flanagan and Westry. They're out. Right. Uh, so you got yep. Cheney Johnson coming in and you got Denver Jones coming in as well too. Is it possible? Maybe he, did actually see was looking at a reduced role because of the guys that they're bringing in. I mean, Cheney Johnson, you know, all it uh, be it from UAH, right? Like, still he is a pretty good scorer of the football as upside uh, the football as a basketball as is Denver <laughs> Jones. You know, was it just was it 
maybe looking, maybe the role changed that spooked him and said, maybe I'll go someplace else where I'll be the undisputed man. Well, I, I personally think, I was going to say this, I think Brandy hit the nail on the head here. I do think there's a lot to be said with the fresh start mentality. And I think we may start seeing the transfer portal evolve into that. And I know a lot of people have that narrative around Peyton Thorne and leaving Michigan State, coming to Auburn of just, maybe he felt like the ice up there was a little bit thinner and you go somewhere, you kind of get to hit the reset button on everything. It's a big refresher. And then the ice isn't so thick. A year up there, that was a kind of a regression year for him. Kind of got fans' patience a little thinner. And if he put up those numbers at Auburn that he did last year, even if he regressed a little bit from last year, compared to what Auburn's had from a consistency standpoint at quarterback for the last few years, like that, you know, that would not be an issue here compared to what it would be up there. So take that same type of mindset, same type of thinking. And let's apply that to Alan Flanagan. And I think this applies to a lot of guys. And I think Brandy said it right. He's been here for a long time. Maybe you're stuck in the stuck in the rut, stuck in the rhythm, spinning the wheels. You've been in the same place for a long time, been around the same people. He got his degree. He graduated. He did what he set to do. As said, he has the athleticism to go pro, but just with the injury and setbacks like that, just don't think all the pieces are there from the eval standpoint. So I don't really see why that's a problem. And, you know, there could be things on the inside that maybe Auburn felt that it was uh, best to mutually part ways for resetting the culture as well. So who, who knows? Like I said, I'm not speculating. I'm, I'm not saying anything that I've heard from a speculatory standpoint. I'm just saying a, a general that is a possibility standpoint of not all these moves are there. I mean, if Flanagan, you don't know what Flanagan you're going to get. Are you going to get that? Top tier, killing it, mm. super athletic, lighting it up on defense, calling his shots when he wants them, or the Flanagan who is not in the right place, turns the ball over, or gets some sloppy and poorly timed foul. He had a lot of he had a lot of range, and it wasn't always the best, especially on the lower end. But you saw the potential there. So maybe it is better to say, let's try to bring in somebody who may maybe ceiling isn't as high as your ceiling, but maybe has a little bit higher of a floor. Yeah. Maybe a person that can play for a few more years. Cause he only had one year. I think there's pros and cons to it. Maybe he follow, follows his father. I've heard rumors that, Oh, you know, he, his dad, he loved playing for his dad. You know, both the Flanagan's versus the world. Then I heard other rumors that maybe him and his dad maybe didn't get along too great. And maybe his dad was a little extra hard on him at practice. And, the dynamic of having a head coach, but an assistant coach is your father and kind of how that all worked out. Just heard rumors that a lot of, there are a lot of conflicting rumors. So I don't necessarily know what to believe. I would just kind of encourage anybody out there of just thinking, you know, there's, there's a lot of various factors that could have come into play with a yeah. interesting dynamic like that. So, you, you know, who knows what he'll do with Flanagan. Um, like I said, I just think it was an interesting case. Brandy, I'm gonna let you jump in here. the, the the idea that his dad was not going to be his coach anymore, like I wondered how much that actually factored into it. Um, but ultimately, if he's entering the transfer portal, uh, I have to imagine he's open to transferring a lot of places where his dad may not be, you know, because we think he's going to Ole Miss, right? West Flanagan? Yeah, he's going. But the, he's got to sit out. That was the thing, unless he gets a waiver. Yeah. Brandy. Well, why do you why do you think he needs a waiver? Memes isn't he a grad transfer? I don't 
know if grad transfers have to have any. That's kind right. Of- yeah, I don't think he needs a waiver. Well, if he's a grad transfer. I, think, I know, I know but it's I think in their SEC, but I, from what I understand, and like I said, I don't think anybody actually gets how this stuff works. But double check me because I think I've heard it reported from multiple different places at this point, at this date in time, grad transfer or not, I think you may still have to have a waiver to play interconference. Mm. And you might have to. I think with him being a grad transfer, that probably is beneficial to him. And I don't know if that's accurate or not when it comes to grad transfers, but if he has to have a waiver, I will say that NCAA is being a lot more lenient with transfer waivers, it seems like. Um, But I wanted to hop in and kind of touch again on something that you had said. You were kind of talking a little bit about his inconsistent play and how you never knew what flan you were going to get on that day and time for whatever game it might be. And I think as a result of that, plus some expectations that were put on him pre his injury, there were a lot of people that thought Flanagan was going to be this absolute superstar whenever he was at Auburn. So when we did see those inconsistent moments this past season, but more so the season before, um, a lot of times you would see some of our fans on social media kind of reflect that inconsistent play. And some people loved him and some people really did not like him. And something that we've kind of talked about off air a little bit is how these student athletes see everything that's being put out there on social media. So kind of going back to the fresh start stuff again, you almost have to wonder, um, not necessarily did the fans play a part, but more so did kind of his essentially roller coaster of his time at Auburn play a part in his decision too. Yeah, I mean, the injury was tough, right? You know, whenever you tear an Achilles, it's such a hard injury to come back from. Um, and, and it wasn't even from basketball, right? Right. It was from right. a scooter on campus. Yeah, they should the ban those things for athletes. Every time I drive a car yeah. and I see one of them on a, on, a, on a scooter and it makes me cringe. That somebody, yeah, they're just going to run over a rock on the sidewalk and end their career. Don't um, forget that happened to Cam on his moped like early, early 2010. And they were like, he didn't get hurt, but he, he wrecked it. And they were like, oh, you're, you're, see how good you are. You're off that thing now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's let's pivot a little bit, guys. And let's just talk about this offseason. Scooters. Pearl. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, talking scooters. Or that or Bruce Pearl. On I scooter. love, listen, I love a good scooter. I'm anti-scooter. Keep them away from my student athletes. Please. Oh my goodness! Right. Well, Bruce Pearl's got some student athletes that, that he's bringing in. You know, let's 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 play a game. Let's grade this all season for Bruce Pearl so far. Right. You know, he got some big gets, but you know, he loses some people. You know, how is he doing in the portal so far, uh, Brandy? I'm gonna start with you on this one because I know you have a lot of thoughts about this. But I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> give him a, a B minus. Oh really? Right now. Um, oh, I'm a B minus right now. Yeah, because his number one target was Denver Jones, and he got him, and he got him fast. And that was our biggest hole we had last year was somebody who could shoot the ball. So you already knew Aiden was coming in. So I'm including the 2023 class in that as well. So I'm including Aiden, our our sole five star. He is a five star. Um, our five star point guard coming in. So you got your shooter in Aiden, and you got another shooter in Denver Jones, and then. You still needed to kind of replace some of the guys that transferred, like Chance Westry and Johan Treor, and kind of filling some guys who are graduating and just filling out the roster in general. So him going after Chaney Johnson and being able to get him as quickly as he could was also, I think, a really solid land. Um, it is a little disappointing that we missed out on Matthew Cleveland, who would have come in likely and played the three um, and then also Jalen Tyson, somebody else we were recruiting at that same position as well. 
So that is a little disappointing, but I'm giving it a B minus as of right now because the portal has not closed yet. We're not fully finished. Um, and I would, done be, yet? <laughs> I, I don't think that we're done yet. I think we're going to bring in one more transfer. And I also think we're going to try and get the forward out of high school that we just offered in the 2023 class as well. So okay. last week, um, Bruce and staff offered Mitchell Holmes a scholarship at Auburn. And so getting him on campus for a visit and getting him to commit would be really big. Um, I think he would be a really great guy behind Jalen Williams. Um, so I think if we can land somebody that is either another shooter guard type, I know they're targeting Tyron Lawrence right now, who's testing the draft waters and kind of open to some other options as well. So I know they're targeting him. If we could get both Tyron and Mitchell to come to Auburn. I would say a plus. If we get just Mitchell, I think I might just keep it at a B minus because we definitely still do need that wing spot to be filled. Um, so all that to say, um, I think we need to get two more guys for me to feel more confident in this team going into next season to really give it that A, A minus kind of mm. grade. Um, Means great this offseason. Well, how's Bruce doing this offseason? I'm going to take a take that I don't know if everybody's going to love. I'm going to give it an I for incomplete. Few okay. different reasons here. All right. Well, somebody he's always got to be different. There's always one for me. I, I want my I <laughs> want the listeners out there. Race. I want the listeners out there to throw on their tinfoil hats because I I don't think Broom and Jalen really wanted to do the whole like scout the NBA drafting. I think it was an inside job. Bruce sat him down and said, Look, you guys go there, you'll find out who's in the portal, who's testing the NBA waters. Y'all, y'all, y'all get to be buddy buddies with them, yuck them, yuck it up with them. Get them to Auburn. So I think I think they're in there on a secret mission. So, and I think that's and why I say that is because the timing of all this is just very strange. It seems mm. like things moved a lot slower than people were expecting, with people leaving and people going. Because I mean, I mean, look at it, look at it. In years past, I mean, there was a lot of moves happening here, and at this point, it seems very odd that it's as quiet as it has been especially with some of the interests that you've had out there and the coaches aren't just sitting there twiddling their thumbs. Like there's definitely a master plan. So I think uh, Rothstein throughout the NBA uh, combine invite list did not see anybody from Auburn on that. So kind of read between the lines. That would mean probably no one from Auburn is going to be seriously signing with an agent and going full on into the draft or just getting their, getting their evaluations for what they need to work on. But as far as going back to the grade of this whole deal, seems to be that Lawrence is the top target right now for those remaining. They'll probably snag another guy after that, it seems. I don't know if it's – is Leor officially taking that final scholarship or is that going to be announced I think later? he is. I think yeah, he he's is. Officially, well, let's not call it the final scholarship, but yes, he has officially taken a scholarship. Yeah, yeah, so he, yeah, yeah he's, he's taking up a scholarship spot for sure. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know if that's – yeah, I don't know if that's officially been announced, but it, it seems it seems like the writing's on, writing on the wall is that Bruce will do that. Nothing else is just a, a good token of gratitude for his hard work. So – why I say that is there's a lot of I, I feel like the ice the longer you push the thing the thinner the ice gets where if some of these other things fall through I think most famously Cleveland where a lot of people were kind of scratching their head feeling like that was a uh, that's a that's a, a gimme take if you have the chance 
I'm still going to believe that the staff's got a master plan here and that if he didn't come to Auburn, if they wanted him, they would have gotten him. There's probably other pieces at play here. So something that, that would be just for this upcoming year. I, I think landing Denver, obviously got Holloway coming. I think Johnson is going to be one of those guys. Everybody's like, oh, kind of diamond in the rough kind of guy. Because I mean, remember, I mean, he's coming from UNA. Interestingly enough, a lot of these guys that Bruce Pearl gets, you can look in the past, are guys that they played against previous seasons. And Auburn or Auburn played against Chaney Johnson on that uh, exhibition game, not regular season. So he played in Auburn, fun fact. And I think those guys are, I think it's going to be a solid pickup. I think we got to add a few more to it. But my big head scratcher for the offseason that would kind of knock down the grade if if I were to give one, okay, in my hypothetical grade, my grade in my head, is what's happened with the 2024 class losing Phylon mm. and then um, big man Peyton Marshall. Now, there's rumors that maybe Marshall was kind of hinted at, hey, we're, we're maybe looking at a, another potential prospect to play the big man role that we might like a little bit more. Maybe it would be best if you started looking elsewhere. Rumors. And I guess we'll see how that plays out. A lot of time for that to play out. But, you know, basketball, they typically commit and hang around early. Losing, uh, losing file on, I feel like is a, uh, you know, it's a, that's an Alabama guy, mobile guy. That one's a, um, I think that one probably stung a little bit more. So we'll see what the, uh, we'll see what the, how that class will end up paying out. Are they going to try to keep playing the portal game? Are they going to try to grab some guys that are younger that might cut into some, some of their playing time? Well, who knows? Well, l- listen, speaking of losing Phylon, right? Like, you know, I agree with you on that one. Uh, again, head scratcher of a loss. But Brandy, um, I, you and I, t- we talk about this all the time. If who's who's left here for Auburn to go get and who's on Brandy's dream list of players to land left from the portal? You say we got to get two. What two are you looking for? Yeah. Um, well, obviously we've reached out in our targeting Tyron Lawrence and I would be over the moon if we were able to get him. I really love small ball. I think small ball is where Bruce thrives and does his best. Pause. So yeah. So I, I really want Tyron because that's the ki- the exact type of player that would fit into Bruce's system. If there were other guys out there that are technically in the portal, maybe haven't reached out to them, but still guys that I want uh, there is an elite basketball player from North Dakota State University that's in the portal right now. His name is Grant Nelson, and he is, I mean, everybody wants him. He is incredible. So he's also testing the NBA draft waters right now, though, and I think that he is shooting up on draft boards and will likely end up going late into the first round now is what people are saying. So he probably isn't even going to be an option for anybody. Um, and... Auburn didn't even reach out to him. So, but if I did have to choose somebody, I would absolutely, he would be the number one person on my, on my list that I would go after. Um, interestingly enough, there's actually a guy that entered the portal um, that Auburn reached out to that is, I wouldn't say similar to Tyron, but definitely if he joined would kind of fill that small ball guard and that's Andrew Taylor. So he's from Marshall and averaged 20.2 points this past season, 41.7 field goal percentage. Um, really, just really, I think he's really good. He just struggled a little bit from behind the arc. He's like 36% from behind the three, but what time is that? Is 36% struggling? 
Maybe, I guess maybe it's not okay. Um, <laughs> I was say, I'll, I'll give me give me a thirty six percent shooter from deep uh, all day. Twenty twenty six percent, I'd be scratching, but thirty six, like I'm, a, I'm gonna let him struggle for my team shooting thirty six. This is true. Um, and he has he has a solid free throw percentage. He has an eighty percent free throw percentage, which is that's strong indication. Will- We'll take that. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so, oh. so we and we've actually reached out to him. So I actually would love to get him, either him or Tyron. He would kind of fill that same small ball kind of mentality that we would have. I will say he's small. He's six three, one hundred eighty five pounds. Um, but I still I like him, and I, he fits Pearl's system the same way that or a similar way that Tyron would. Um, there are some other guys out there that are actually testing the NBA waters and. I'm not sure if they're going to enter the portal or not. We will find out in the next couple of days. Um, Jillian Phillips is testing the NBA waters. He actually got an NBA combine invite, so he may end up going to the to the draft anyways. Um, but if we were, uh, if he didn't go to the draft, um, I would kind of expect him to enter the portal because his role was a lot different, I think, than what he expected at Tennessee this past season. Right. Um, another guy that I would really love that, he uh, is testing out the NBA draft waters right now, too. I actually think he might have got a combine invite. Another name we're familiar with is Trey Alexander um, from from Creighton. And he would also kind of fit that small ball guard play. But I just don't know. It, it's tough right now with the NBA combine coming up. And then also this week, there's the G League Elite camp happening as well. So interestingly enough, somebody who did not get invited to the G League Elite camp and I believe he has one more year of eligibility. Check me on this. I might be wrong, but that's Eric Gaines from UAB. Okay. He was a guard for them. And he he was probably the, like, I love Jelly Walker, but I think Eric might have been a better player than him. If he were to enter the transfer portal, I would love to see him at Auburn. Um, I think he kind of expected to get at least a G League Elite Camp invite, and he didn't. So if you're listening to this, Eric, you're probably not, but please enter the portal. We'd love to have you at Auburn. Um, but there's some guys off the top of my head that I think would be great additions to the team. Uh, there's some solid players out there. Um, the portal is definitely not lacking them, and guys who are testing the waters that are maintaining their eligibility that have not made it clear they're coming back to their respective school. Um, there's a lot of talent out there all across the board. I got to give baseball some love, guys. The Auburn Tigers on the diamond uh, took a series from number one overall LSU. Uh, They lost the first game three to zero. They came back and won the second game. And then they run ruled them Sunday in game three. Uh, You know, there's been a lot of talk about Butch. Uh, Brandy, you and I share a group chat where people's speculate about him going to a certain school. Um, but uh, how good a job has this been for Coach, you know, Thompson this off, you know, this season, you know, following up a, a trip to the College World Series. You know, you lost Sonny DeShera. You, you know, you, you lost some talent. They seemed to, it, they, they kind of got slow. They were, it was a slow start to the season for them. Gonzo's right? shoulder fell off. Don't forget that. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, yeah pitching, I mean. Pitching has been a problem. Like, they have I a want lot to of give a there. hat tip to, to Butch for this weekend because I do not think that we would have won that series if he would have put if he would have pitched Vale on Friday. Mm. So Butch made the decision to pitch Allsup, our Sunday starter, on Friday because LSU's best pitcher, probably the best pitcher in the league. Um, he, I think Butch, Butch knew like whoever we throw out there, we're probably going to lose this game unless we just absolutely light it up at the plate, and that's highly unlikely with this guy pitching. 
LSU's had a lot of injuries um, on the mound, just similar, kind of similar to Auburn too. And once you get past their eight, their Friday night ace, you kind of get into something similar to Auburn where, you know, they struggle um, with their bullpen. So Butch deciding to pitch all up on Friday night, I think is what, gave us the opportunity to one, even have a rubber match and two go out there and actually win and take the series. So really kudos to him. Um, also coming off of last season, obviously a great season going back to the college world series, but the fact that we lost our um, amazing pitching coach, Tim Hudson to a head coaching job, um, at least Scott uh, and, and what has happened leading up to the last couple of weeks has been definitely less than exciting, especially um, since Butch himself is a pitching coach. I definitely think there has been conversations that have been had and kind of, I I have a feeling Butch probably took that pitching staff on himself these last couple of weeks to salvage the season. And he's done a damn good job of doing that. Um, So I'm, if anyone has a supporter out there, it's me and Butch Thompson. I love that dude. I mean, great guy and a great coach and he will not leave Auburn for Mississippi State. That dude loves Auburn way too much. So there's memes. been some talk about it. So right memes. They let a they let a they let an eagle loose from the bat, from center field in a historic <laughs> moment in Auburn history. The eagle flew uh, at the baseball game on Saturday. Uh, you know thoughts on the eagle flight, man, at the baseball game. It was kind of a short flight. I, I tried to post a video for you guys. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of like a it was more of a torpedo. You know, it didn't <laughs> do the old didn't really circle around. It was it was going for that rat and it it got it. So yeah. <laughs> I'm proud. I like I like the mix up. I think we need to get the eagle at basketball. Uh, yes. Maybe maybe gymnastics have the eagle like land on the uneven bars or something like there's a I think there's a lot of potential that we can do here with the Eagle flight yeah. across various sports. I mean, soccer, I, I, mean, I don't know how you get it that high up. Like there's a lot of grass, maybe some intramural games, a lot, a lot we can do there. I'm happy we did it. LSU didn't stand a chance when that happened. I mean, to be <laughs> number one to get run ruled like that, like that's, that's so embarrassing. And I mean, their fans were really taking that one hard and in the quest to be in everything school, these are, these are the things you got to do. Uh, keeping, keeping the conversation going of, Games that are played with balls and bats. Softball is kind of having a rally right now. Yeah, they're they're uh, was it a three seed going in the SEC tournament with that double bye? Mm-hmm. So the the everything school quest. Both sports are kind of heating up at the right time. I mean Auburn after what they did with South Carolina, kind of moving into what they did with LSU. I mean that that puts you a lot of heat for the postseason. I believe they said Gonzo's shoulder is not being reattached this season after it fell off. So. I think their original Brandy, correct me if I'm wrong here. I think they originally thought that maybe he could be coming in toward the end, but I think they have officially ruled him out for the remainder of play. Is that correct? Yeah. So actually Mississippi state weekend, he went out there and was pitching on Saturday, like before anybody got there. And, uh, then a few days later after the series ended, he obviously never pitched that weekend. A few days later after the series ended, um, it came out that he was feeling more tenderness and he'd be out for the season. So, yeah. Yeah, that's brutal. And it just kind of makes you really wonder like what what things would have looked like if you had him healthy for the entirety of the season mm. or even, I mean, starting this point in the season. But it's good. Like I said, there's other guys on the team that can use the experience. They can start uh, gassing it up and there's still more baseball to play. They got rained out the evening we are recording because 
spring showers. Yeah. But if they can get this going, I mean, to have a strong, I mean, obviously they have in even good years. And I feel like this is just Auburn across all sports has just like never really done it in the SEC tournament as of late. That always just seems to be a flop. And then afterward, they just put the foot on the gas. It would be kind of cool to see if like maybe they could actually play well in Hoover and then take that to whatever comes next, wherever. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. You know, the uh, Brie Ellis was talking her talk on Twitter. Uh, she posted uh, how they predicted us versus how we finished uh, tweet. Uh, they, Auburn was predicted to finish ninth in the West by the media. Uh, and obviously they finished third uh, just behind Georgia. It was her uh, predict these nuts moment, shall yeah, we say? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it kind of was. Uh, we need more players talking shit on the internet. So all, I know there's a lot like, of players also that listen. Shout out to Maddie Pinta, Auburn's essentially ace um, softball pitcher. I mean, mm-hmm. she has just been incredible for Auburn this season. So she helped earn those girls a double buy in the SEC tournament this week. Yeah, mm-hmm. any players who are listening and like you need help, maybe like a need a little bait tweet or something or need to, Hey, you know, go, go dig something up that I can really, you know, bite into. Like, I got you. That is like that. That was why I was put on this earth. Right. So, you know, if you want to find like, Hey, find me, you know, DM me, like find me someone, you know, doubting what this team could do. I will, I will dig that tweet up. I'll get it to you. And we will introduce them to the Auburn ratio. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch Auburn. Obviously, hashtag everything school. Uh, can Butch Thompson pull off the unthinkable uh, Brandy? And is does Auburn have a chance to host? Maybe if they, you know, is there is that is that a possibility? Yeah, I mean, not to get ahead of myself here, but we're playing two of the worst teams in the conference to finish off the season, Ole Miss yeah. and Missouri. Yeah, um, that's why I'm asking. Let's win both of those series, maybe sweep one of them, and we might have a shot. We really needed this Tuesday night game tonight against Sanford. Unfortunately, it got rained out. We, If we won, we could have increased our RPI, I think, by 22 points or something like that. But um, if we won, of course. But, I mean, I think it's it's a slim possibility, but it's there, and it's for our taking. So I got a baseball question for Brandy. Yes. Kind of baseball and butch. As yes. someone who likes to gamble a lot. What are your thoughts on the fact that like your coach isn't actively like an addict <laughs> gambling on games? I love that he's not gambling on games. <laughs> so, so you're saying like let's just I'm, to say Auburn forever. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna like make up a scenario. Like this is just totally off the hat and made this up. Just this <laughs> okay. never happened. Like okay. let's say like before the game, like Butch Thompson like you know sneaks away somewhere like while being filmed potentially and like picks his phone up and is like, Hey Brandy, by the way, we're doing this with our lineup. You go like take out a six figure sum and place a bet on blank and then like hangs up. Like how would that make you feel? You know, honestly, I just cannot imagine that ever happening at Auburn. That would be weird. Yeah. That would be really weird if that happened keyword at Auburn, but it has happened other places recently. And I, I will just say, cause I know there's a ton of um, state, representatives at public office holding folk listening to the show, like for the state of Alabama. And I just want to give an announcement to all of these folks who do have the power in Montgomery to change this. I think if we were to legalize gambling, specifically sports betting, it may help athletes on the opposite side of the state and coaches have like an outlet. So they don't feel the need to do this in college, in the dugout, or even like to the NFL 
uh, just might be helpful just for certain people, just for those out there who, you know, maybe write your senators and uh, reps right. a letter to say, hey, help them out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, listen. Yeah, what's, uh, going all, all what's going on in Tuscaloosa? Uh, I don't know, man. They, they, there's some. You know that. You know that. Um, you remember that movie with Mark Wahlberg where the the wind was like killing people? <laughs> oh, oh, the, the happening. The happening, right? Yeah, yeah. it's like well, the happening. Scary yeah. I'm sitting uh, here like I don't, I'm not. I wasn't scary, <laughs> uh, but like uh, when the trees are <laughs> the trees are like that. They made a pretty epic SNL skit out of Mark Wahlberg talking to a tree, but. Uh, it reminds me of that. Like it's like they're they're inhaling something they don't know up there in Tuscaloosa, and it's driving them nuts. It's crazy what's going on up there right now. Um, and you know our our um, our friend on Twitter, Jake Crane, did tweet out uh, a question that I thought was pertinent. Right? He said, "At what point does Greg Burns start to be held accountable for all this stuff that's happening on his watch?" And I can't help but, like, you know, everything's happened with Nate Oates and the basketball team and all this stuff that's happening with players. I got to ask that question, too. You know, I mean, what is can, going on? Look, we can go through it. So not only did you have – you had Jermaine Burton hitting a Tennessee fan after the football game. Mm. Then you had Darius Miles get arrested and charged with capital murder. And then you had, essentially, we find out that more than just – Darius Miles were on the scene. You also had Brandon Miller and Jaden Bradley, two other basketball players on the scene, as well as another basketball player involved because Darius Miles hid the murder weapon or hid his clothes in another player's room. So you had at a minimum four players, basketball players involved in that situation. And then Tony Mitchell, who was a football recruit that had signed with Alabama, was arrested for reckless driving and possession of marijuana and possession of firearms. Um, And then after that, you also had a basketball recruit. That was a transfer portal recruit. Jaquan Walton get arrested for possession of marijuana and possession of firearms in Tuscaloosa and then was subsequently released immediately after. And then you had an associate AD get arrested on... Monday of two weeks ago or a week ago um, for domestic violence and was subsequently released. And then less than a week later, you had the head baseball coach, Brad Bohannon, get fired after multiple reports had come out that betting had been halted on all Alabama baseball games in both the state of Ohio and the state of New Jersey. So you've seen schools like USC and you've seen schools like Miami in the past get hit with these kind of blanket um, charges, let's call them, from the NCAA. And you have to wonder, when is that going to come for Alabama? Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, I mean, so the charge is what? Lack of institutional control. Yeah. So un- underneath that, there is another charge that's technically a little less severe. Failure to monitor. Which is failure to monitor. Failure to monitor. At minimum, you would think that they would get hit with a failure to monitor. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's Tuscaloosa. So it's, a, it's a failure of everything because it's Tuscaloosa. But uh, we are not a failure here at, at the Auburn Express Powered by the War Report. Uh, joining me as always, guys, Brandy Mac, Auburn Memes. We're going to be back at you guys next week. 
uh, to talk, hopefully talk a little bit more baseball and softball because those guys are going off right now on both diamonds. Uh, and then you will have some more football and basketball news to cover. So we'll be back at you guys next week. We want to thank you for joining us. Thank my guests as always. We're signing off. War Eagle. War Eagle.